Blog Talk Radio. Because 
it's uh, in uh, Libra, and now that the sun is in Taurus, uh, Mars is pretty much there starting 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. You can see it slightly to the south, southeast, and then around 10 or 11, it's directly uh, overhead, but also slightly to the south. So I would say looking straight up and then facing south a little bit. Um, Mars is very lovely to look at, but now Saturn is also rising. It's not as distinct. Saturn is a lot fainter, a little bit more yellow. Mars is definitely orange, um, and uh, you can't miss it. Um, but uh, Jupiter is uh, setting. If you go out right now, you'll see that it is fairly close to the moon, actually. The moon's catching up with Jupiter very rapidly. The moon's in Gemini, and that's trying also to Mars. So we're talking about Mars energy. If you see the moon out there setting at this beautiful crescent, and then you can see Mars, that's a trine between the two of them, which is about 120 degrees. And um, Aquarius would be the third point that you can't quite see right now on the opposite side of the Earth that would make the triangle, a perfect triangle around the Earth. The moon-Mars trine is, I think, because it's both in air signs, it's about our ability to communicate and make commitments in relationships and compromises. So I know that I had that happen today with someone, and I was able to voice what my needs were, and they were able to voice what their needs were, and I think we came to a pretty easy, you know, understanding of where we were both coming from. So that was kind of good energy, moon, moon, Mars energy. Mercury is in opposition to Saturn. Mercury is already a little further along in Taurus than the sun. So Mercury at 18 degrees Taurus in opposition to Saturn can make conversation and communication very serious. And you see that globally. Uh, it puts a highlight on communicating and intimacy because it's Taurus and Scorpio. Uh, what is mine? What is yours? What is ours? What's the division of that? How do we go about, uh, you know, creating fairness out of that with that Moon-Mars trine also? But it, it makes communicating a little heavy sometimes. So if we're having heavy communications with people, um, if we're not feeling like we're getting clear boundaries, that's because of that Mars-Mercury opposition. And then I guess the big thing that's going on is that um, the Cardinal Grand Cross is actually still present. And, uh, you know, we're already in May 1st. Cardinal Grand Cross was exact um, last week on the 22nd on, on Tuesday. But, um, but, you know, nine, ten days later... It's interesting about our culture, you know, how we think we can, uh, you know, just sort of be like, oh, well, there it is, boom, it's over, you know, like some things are like a fad, you know, like the age of Aquarius or something, like it happened in, in the mid-60s, and that was it, you know, that was all it was ever going to represent was a bunch of people running around with flowers, um, you know, doing drugs in Central Park or something like that, and then the age of Aquarius lasts 2,000 years, so it's a bit more than a fad. And, um, you know, the way, the way in which we're capable of processing information and the way we're fed information by the media, I think, makes it difficult for us to understand the idea of long-term trends and the way in which those trends create change for us. So life moves slowly. Uh, thank God it does, because if it actually moved as quickly as we wanted it to, I think we would be really upset by that. Um, it, it, it moves slowly in the way that it attempts to create change. And the Grand Cross, again, that's Mars and Libra, 
squaring Jupiter and Cancer, squaring Uranus and Aries, squaring Pluto and Capricorn. All four of those planets are in cardinal signs, and they're all still clearly and easily within the orb of influence five degrees or less mars is at 11 jupiter is at 15 uranus is at 14 and pluto is at 13 they are all still in the low double digits of the teens and um, makes their energy still profoundly tense so if we've been paying attention also to what's been going on in the ukraine because it that's what's emerged as the really, really hot spot right now that's venting this this energy of this cross. So we're paying attention to that, and we're seeing whether Mars moving a little bit more retrograde, and it will potentially move outside of the extreme uh, square, but Uranus and Pluto are still in that, obviously. So the the overall effect is still going to be how how is the energy of of an oppressive authoritative entity going to, um, you know, find balance with the individual and their their own personal freedom. Like individuals are looking for their ability to express themselves in their own personal and um, self-actualized way. If you're an individual right now and you feel like you've been fighting for your ability to express yourself and it's in conflict with some authority figure or, you know, some, some you know, overpowering um, entity, well, then what you're trying to do is you're trying to establish a boundary with that, um, that group person or entity. It doesn't necessarily have to be a government, although on a global scale, it's definitely being represented by governments and um, corporations, religious institutions, anything that has a lot of power and a lot of authority carries with it in, in this particular transit at this particular time of our lives, that energy of Pluto and Capricorn. And all the individuals that are struggling to push back against dominance and manipulation of those entities are the people and groups and populations and individuals who are standing up for their own individual rights. So the the way that that's playing out globally, I think, you know, we can see it if we're paying any attention to the news. The way that's playing out in our own personal lives is still the establishment of um, boundaries within our existing relationships, and some relationships will go by the wayside because that will be the Plutonic energy. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be to say, you know, generally we have Pluto-Uranus, okay, something is going to suddenly shift or something's going to suddenly change. It's about relationships and whether we can actually say, well, this is who I am in this relationship and this is what I need, and if uh, if you know, the other person isn't capable of meeting you there if they're going to continue to try to control you or manipulate you. If you're, if you're not getting compromise uh, in certain relationships, then, then, you know, they're going to have to yield to an, an inevitable change. So we look to um, approach each other during this Cardinal Grand Cross with the idea that we need to compromise, we need to nurture each other, we do need to consider the Cancerian piece of this, which is that we need to have a compassion for what the other person needs. 
But ultimately, we have to be true to our own individual identity. And as long as in that we're able to find a compromise and come to an understanding of why we should be treating each other the way that we would like, then um, then we can move forward in our relationships. Relationships that are uncompromising and uh, strictly domineering would be the Pluto part, or um, or unreliable, or un- unavailable, or smothering. Any of the negative, um, uh, really negative uh, qualities of the four cardinal signs are are energies that are going to be emerging now personally and certainly globally. So we take it out to the global level. We see, say, the oppressive nature of of the Russian government, but also the fact that they feel like they're protecting the Russian people that live in the Ukraine. But the Ukrainians are saying, well, that's not really like, in other words, we don't have any kind of an agreement, Libra, about you just coming in and taking a chunk of our land because you're so much bigger than us. And, um, and then the Iranian part of it, which we haven't really quite seen yet so much coming out of the Ukraine, but we're going to. We're going to see the Ukrainian people, they just started a mandatory draft there, like an emergency mandatory draft, and there will come a point where the Ukrainians will push back with the energy of, of Uranus and Aries, and it could be quite sudden uh, what it is that they try to do, or it could be quite unexpected, but it's going to be a bold Aries maneuver on their part. So, um, you know, how that all plays out is going to depend upon uh, you know, the way in which Mars in Libra is handled. We still have a few more months of that, and it is going to finally go direct around May the 20th. So we we look for some of the tensions to ease after the 20th when Mars goes direct. Neptunes and Pisces, not really playing a big role here. That's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig, and you're listening to the Inside Connection Radio. Um, I wanted to do a little talk tonight about um, May Day, May Day Energy. That would be May the 1st. And uh, let me spend a few minutes uh, talking about why I think it's important to examine uh, ceremonial days uh, and uh, not so much their origin because certainly they're extremely old. Uh, People have for thousands and thousands of years, well more than a couple of thousand, understood the cyclic nature of the earth and the way that it moves through different seasons. So we don't really have to talk about the historical nature of these things. They're they're present with us now, even though, you know, we think we're so technologically advanced, but they've been with us for, you know, since probably we were able to notice that the sun rose at a different spot on the horizon and set at a different spot on the horizon every day and that the days were actually longer and, you know, all those things that that we take for granted now, but that for millennia we've been observing. So the spiritual um, focus of something like this has to do with the idea that we are looking at nature and what does nature tell us? What does nature show us? And uh, fundamentally, the, the... if if we're observant, if we're noticing what's going on in nature around us, and it, it's very subtle in Southern California, it's probably less subtle if you're if you live in uh, you know upstate New York or Massachusetts or even North Carolina for that matter, because they have a winter with deciduous you know the leaves come off the trees and 
On the East Coast, it's not until you get to South Carolina that you get a palm tree. No palm trees north of South Carolina because it gets too cold for them. So seasonally, it, the East Coast is, is definitely a four-season place, and all of that um, you know, industrial area, Ohio and Indiana and Illinois and all of the northern part of the country as well, definitely a four-season place. The looking at nature shows us where to be within ourselves because what the naturally right time is for our own personal human existence is shown in the naturally right time of nature itself. Right now, May the 1st is the opposite of November the 1st, which we know is also a seasonal day. Halloween, which occurs on October the 31st, is just really representing the eve. It's all Hallows' Eve because the holiday is really November the 1st, and Halloween is the eve of. So in very old traditions, and obviously still in, in Judaism and in Jewish tradition, holidays begin when the sun goes down on the day before. It's a sundown to sundown um, day, not a day that begins at midnight. So um, May May 1st um, is the opposite of Halloween. That is the time of the most letting go, for instance. It's, it's the time when the daylight is actually really then plunging into, into darkness. And so the Halloween time is the time of most letting go and you know symbolically of remembrances so of so of of looking back at memories looking back at memories is the time of halloween we look back at those we have known this time now is the time of creating memories it's the time of most activity most engagement most growth May the May ritual comes from an old word called Beltane. Happy Beltane to everyone. And the the Tane portion of that word means fire in the old um Celtic um I believe it's Celtic religion uh, Celtic language. So it's a it's a time when 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 fire is becoming more hot. When I was thinking about, you know, the beginning of spring, um, the Pisces time and then moving from Pisces to Aries, this is a time when it's almost like, you know, we are getting ready to move. The car is stopped. We hit the accelerator and it starts to move. It's like, ah, movement, life, you know. May, though, is Taurus. And now that we're in the middle of Taurus, this is when you feel the car kicking into a higher gear. Um, the... Uh, the, there's there's analogies for you know like the growth of growth of a baby also like when we have uh, candle moss that's when like the baby you can feel the baby kick you know and now it's like a lot of movement it's like feeling the baby turn around and flip over and you know all, all a lot of a lot of growth possible at, at this time where there's a lot of movement and energy um, it something is 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 stirring and then it's going to go into its maximum phase of growth in the summer. So what we what we want to do when we have a um you know, a night like tonight and we don't necessarily have to, you know, go dancing around the maypole with a bunch of ribbons, but that that ritual was important because the the staff or the the the, the tree 
uh, sapling that was driven into the ground and then the ribbons were tied to the top of it and then children danced around it, it you know people's children danced around the pole with the ribbons and the intentions were to bind binding and braiding and interweaving all of those types of words if we can analogize that we would grab a colored ribbon, which is a representation of a certain kind of heightened form of energy, right? The winter has no color, particularly, and the fall has very little color after the leaves fall. I mean, after the leaves fall off. I mean, fall does have one huge burst of color before it drops all of its leaves, and that's a reminder of the fact that um, you know, it all comes from a cycle of the development of color, so to speak. So right now is a very colorful time. It's a time when we're supposed to be seeing color and wearing color and feeling in that, you know, spring um, kind of energy and how do we grow through that energy by seeing flowers and what's emerging, right? We, we, we Easter is a part of this, really. So we had rabbits and and uh, the proliferation that's possible at this time of the year. In fact, the you know the, that full moon ritual that falls with Easter, Passover and Easter, is, is is located around a full moon. That's when it happens because it's a very also old kind of pagan tradition that um, that it's the first full moon of spring. That's when that's when in, in Judaism we hold Passover, and then you know like. Uh, coincidentally enough, Easter is the first Sunday after the first full moon of spring. That's how it's calculated. So it's all based on lunar energy and lunar growth. And that when we have the full moon, it's very connected to this next step, which is the full moon, the first full moon of spring. Very big. Lots of things are happening. And the full moon actually means, well, now there won't be any more frost in certain parts of the world. And so we can actually do the planting. And so many of the flowers and the trees are pollinating right now. You know, they're, they're bursting with pollen, maples and oak trees and cypress trees and all the pine trees. And I mean, everything is pollinating. This is May Day. Maximum pollination, the maximum time when the most new seeds can actually even be produced through what will be the most flowering. So pollination is, you know, preceding and, and in conjunction with flowering because flowers and then pollen hits the flowers and then the flowers turn into seeds and then the seeds will finally fall off in Halloween and they will plant the new thing for the next year that will emerge around March the 21st, which is when those first seeds emerge. But now is the time when there's maximum pollination of all of those things. And it's a, what does that mean for us individually? Well, it means that we should be going around and we should be touching as many different people as possible, you know, like in a, obviously in a figurative way, but we should be co contacting, connecting, pollinating our environment by taking ourselves like a bee, going from one flower to another, one individual to another, one company to another, one contact to another, and saying hello and making exchanges and planting seeds, so to speak, that will grow for us 
during this summer. If we want to see any part of our personality or any aspect of our life grow, whether it's financial, spiritual, we're looking for a relationship, we're raising a baby, whatever whatever it is that we might be doing in our own personal lives that we would like to see grow over the summer and deepen. I'd like to work on this personal relationship with so-and-so and see it get improved. Right now is the time to put the most energy into that thing, whether it's creating money or finding a relationship. Now is the time when you want to be like a bee, flying around and going from flower to flower. I think it's nice. The idea that we're binding our intentions to the ground, to the earth, because if it isn't grounded in the earth, then, you know, it's going to be very difficult for you to manifest it. So, you want to recognize that you don't have to obviously have a maypole, but if you have your feet on the ground, you know, if you have your feet on the ground, on the floor of your house, even better if you go outside and stand in the grass or the sand, you know, if you're close to the beach or in the desert or something like that. So go out, stand on the ground, you know, and connect your intentions with the ground. That's all May Day is. The, the the pole and the maypole and the dancing around it is a symbol of taking color and flowers and ribbons and the way that they flap in the wind, almost like the pollen, um, you know, and and the 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 symbolism of uh, prolific energy that lots of ribbons flapping around in the air, you know, that each person or child grabs a hold of and then we dance in and out going in opposite directions and weave and interlock the ribbons with the pole. So we can do a visualization of that at home. Visualize yourself grabbing a hold of a ribbon, your own ribbon, and going in and out of other people as you're going, you know, inside and outside and around and around the circle until the ribbons are interwoven against the pole. The representation of that is that if you bind your intentions with passion, represented by the pole, if you bind your intentions with your passions, with your motives, in the tarot, it's the suit of wands. So the wands are the pole, and the ace of wands is a, is a symbol of the maypole. And that the ace of wands and the wand suit in general representing creativity, motivation, passion, the suit of fire. Right? We, we, we learned that Beltane comes from uh, the, the acknowledgement of fire, the bringing of fire, that the sun's getting warmer, the sun is getting higher. We definitely know that for the last few days in, in, in California because it's been hot. So the sun's getting warmer, and that's a tremendous amount of energy that we can feed into growing what it is that we would like to manifest and our intentions. And, you know, with that, I'd like to just uh, wish you a happy Thursday. I'm going to be off for a couple of weeks. I will not be returning because I'm going to be um, going East Coast myself for a couple of weeks and um and visiting family so i will not have a show on may the 8th or may the 15th and i will be back for sure on thursday may the 22nd happy may day happy beltane it's always a pleasure to be with you i'll talk to you then good night